0: Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. Every two weeks, we post podcast versions of one of our free training videos, or you can access our videos now at beyondordinarywomen.org. Enjoy the podcast. I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I'd just like to welcome you to this video Know Your Audience. For teachers, that's essential, and so I'm sitting here today with Susie Hawkins, who has collaborated with me on a number of Bible studies we've taught together in the past. Susie has many years of experience teaching, far more than I really do, and Kristen Poole, with whom I'm co-teaching now at our church, and I am delighted to have this conversation with them today, and I'm just going to let Susie take the lead, and discussing our topic. Okay. Well, our topic is knowing your audience. And
1: I think it's a good conversation to have for teachers because to really effectively teach, you have to connect on some level with the people you're teaching, right? Um, And so I think it is a very important aspect of teaching and sometimes it gets forgotten when we talk about communication skills and study skills and all that that if you can't connect the truth to the people who are there, then you've missed a really um, big opportunity. So I was thinking about this topic and thinking of even how we often use Jesus as an example in connecting with his audience. He used metaphors that were very part of common ordinary life, like sheep or ordinary people or families. Um, Paul, when he Uh, preached at Mars Hill you know how he used the example of to the Athenians of all of the idols on Mars Hill and so you see this in scripture we see a model of how it's important to know where you are and who you're talking to so I want to ask both of you seasoned teachers how you do that what would you let's start first with age groups um, because many times we have mixed age groups in churches or or we may have classes divided according to age or um, stage of life. How would what do you include specifically when you're teaching your own age group?
2: Let's we'll start with you, Kristen. What is your age group? Well, um, I, I'm technically in the millennial generation. Okay. Um, I'm on the older. End of that don't worry I'm not gonna uh, ask you <laughs> what your age group is don't worry so, thank you thank uh, you so much you know it's interesting I've actually this is an area I need to improve in because I think uh, my training mm-hmm. from um, being you know at Dallas seminary and a few other places has been so content heavy that sometimes I do forget like okay we really do need to focus in on audience um, I have not taught too many age-specific groups. Since I've been in the local church, I've pretty much spoken to um, mixed groups. So I think I think the biggest piece um, would be just being uh, intentional to um, watch kind of our insider language. I've noticed a lot, especially... What's an, what's an example of that? Um, you know, I think a lot of millennials, um, there's so much technology and there's so much change that there's a lot of mm there's a lot of talk about hashtags and Instagram and Pinterest and all these um, really kind of new things that I've realized that can kind of um, maybe endear you to your own generation, but really kind of isolate you. Um, and then also sometimes just come off as, as just being way too trendy and you're just, and so I kind of watch out for that to try to be generally applicable outside of just my own age group. Um, But I think another piece that I'd love to develop is I'm learning more about how millennials, and I am a millennial, but I'm learning about my own generation, just about how much diversity is important. Diversity is huge, diversity um, of thought and and including um, people of different genders, different backgrounds, different ethnicities and things like that. And realizing um, to reach those audiences, you're really gonna have to be intentional about um, sharing stories of people who don't look like you and don't sound like you and probably don't who maybe don't vote like you um, and and that's something that's going to really reach and, and minister to the millennial generation that's good that's a good word okay
0: well I would say that women in my age group sometimes feel left out of Bible study lessons when they don't hear stories that apply to their lives. Mm-hmm. And women in my age group were sort of on the cusp of beginning to realize we don't have lots of years left. Mm-hmm. And yet we're still very active and for the most part very healthy and many of us have started retiring to one extent or the other mm-hmm. and we have time. Mm-hmm. And if a Bible teacher can be sure that that group is included and, and that and that she calls that group to, to, to be active, to, to work for the kingdom of God instead of just enjoying themselves in their retirement. I think that's a really important thing for our generation. We need examples of grandchildren, and yet sometimes I only hear children and grandchildren as the only examples, and right. there are a lot of women who have no grandchildren, some who have no children, and of course mm-hmm. your generation would know that very well, Um, so it's, it's, we are a mixed group as far as that is concerned and so I think really, I guess for every generation of women, we need to hear examples that point to single women, women with no children, single moms, grandmothers, retired people, women in the workplace. I mean, all of those things. Sometimes when I try to apply the lesson sort of at the end to make sure that I have really hammer the application home. I try to say, you know, think about your situation and I try to name a number of those so that everybody can identify with this applies to that situation. You need to prayerfully consider how mm-hmm. how it applies to you. Yeah. I think I realized
1: recently if I just prepare a lesson and just use the illustrations that come to mind. I need to stop and I need to find at least one that wasn't easy to use. You know, that's out of my mm-hmm. realm that about an African missionary or about a kid in the ghetto or about a young single or a teenager or a millennial. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to really be into that's kind of a, dis, it's a discipline, really, mm-hmm. to help yourself. Always include examples of someone else besides someone just like you. So, if you were preparing a lesson, and you were um, looking at your audience, give me a, what kind of examples would you include? And in, would you use just stories of people you didn't know? Do you think they always have to be personal illustrations? How do you connect with an audience that maybe you don't know anybody there?
0: You know, one time I had an intern and who was really learning to teach, and, and she was trying to improve at that, and I noticed that every time she taught, almost all of her examples were of other people. Very seldom did she talk about herself, and I felt like most of those examples were not even people she personally knew. They were all examples from out there or long ago or someone famous. It was it was not very personal. And that was just a good reminder to me. Those are great, but don't depend on those. You do have to have some personal examples as well. Some, something you're connected to. It doesn't always have to be about you, but a friend of mine or and true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe we don't have to say that, but I so believe that our stories have to be true. We shouldn't be exaggerating them, we shouldn't be, uh, and we shouldn't be telling stories that we don't have approval to tell if it's about someone else unless we couch the person well enough where nobody would know who, who it is, so those are things that
2: come to my mind. Something I'm doing right now is uh, working to teach in a few weeks, and um, we're studying Um, apologetics and how to interact with, um, with unbelievers in very genuine, gentle ways where you're a good listener and you're, you're modeling, um, really caring for that person instead of just like dumping, you know, dumping the Bible on them. And it occurred to me, it would be really, um, impactful for us to hear from women who were outside the faith as adults and to kind of hear, positive and negative of so what their reactions were to Christians who approached them. So I'm actually gonna be doing like an interview kind of a process when I teach um, of, of a specifically a woman in our body who um, you know came to Christ as a 30 something um, to kind of have her be honest and say, these are the things that were good that Christians did and these are the things that are bad. I think those are really important to include because it, it's not so vague and out there, it's like, wow, there are people in our body who've actually undergone this type of experience and we can learn from them. And so I'm I'm wanting to try to cultivate more of that, you know, building up and using examples of people in your body and letting them speak, I think is really powerful. That's a great. That's, that's a really good, that's a very good word. Have you have ever had an experience where you've taught and you totally
1: misjudged your audience? If you have, if you, I have, and I won't soon forget it.
0: <laughs> well, what
1: happened? Well, I think I just overthought everything. I thought, think I was trying to be too theological or too... I really wanted to give them something good. And as I was talking about 10 minutes into it, I realized they just want somebody to say you need to pray, you need to read your Bible, you need to love Jesus. I was just going off, and I was trying to come back to it. Oh, yes. I, was, I did not know my audience, and I learned a good lesson. I learned a good lesson um, at that time to do that. Um, a seasoned woman my, one that I've mentioned before told me one time, whenever you need to relate to your people you're teaching, choose an emotion. Everybody, no matter millennial, older, everybody has fear. You know, everybody knows what it's like to fail. In fact, she said people relate to failure. You can always tell a story about failure. So if you don't have a story that okay. connects, emotions always connect. And i found found that is, that is a good thing to remember as we talk about knowing your audience.
0: That reminds me of something that somebody told me several years ago because As I, when I was younger and I heard women teach her sermons, it really didn't matter what it was, but the stories always tied up so well. Everything ended well. I mean, it was like the Christian narrative was you go through this and then everything is fine. You're healed, your marriage comes back together. It really doesn't matter what the storyline is. It, It always just ties up with a little bow at the end. And she mentioned that the younger generation, was very skeptical of our generation because of everything doesn't always come out that well. Their experience was of hard things in life, and how does that really relate to the Christian life? Because if all we hear is the story comes out well and mine doesn't, what does that say about me? And so I've tried to be sure that I always add the things in that were very difficult. Not pretend this this was easy. This hard thing happened, but you know, I made I made it through. I prayed and I was fine. No, it was horrible, and so you have mm-hmm. to say that. And then in the end, you just say, you know, I was never able to reconcile with that person or whatever
2: it was. Would you say that's true of your age group? I think so, and I think that's so powerful because you're still following christ and leading even though that encounter happened Mm -hmm. and i think that when we see wow these people are still walking with the lord even after they've dealt with that it gives it gives you that inspiration of like we're going to stick with it you know good or bad christ is worth following he's worth giving your life to even if the stories are painful or broken or not perfectly tied up yeah and every person sitting there is in one of that
1: kind of a story. right? right? Rarely do the stories turn out perfectly. That's where people are and to
0: remember that and know that I think is really makes your teaching much more powerful. And the story doesn't have to be the same as yours but they catch like you said the, the feelings, the emotions, the, of the, the pain of it. Mm-hmm. They, they can they can pick that up. Well, thank you, ladies. Uh, you, we could go on and on, but uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, look at our website, beyondordinarywomen.org, for more videos. We'll continue putting them up to help you as a teacher, and we'll begin putting some up that are very practical for preparation as well. You can read about Susie and Kristen on our website, and I really appreciate them joining me for this conversation. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.